Hey there, podcast listener. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where each and every week, the Wealth Within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader and investor. For more information, products, services, and detailed show notes, including a transcript for this podcast, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the news and media tab in the navigation. Hello and welcome to Talking Wealth. I'm Janine Cox, Senior Analyst at Wealth Within. Today, I'd like to talk a bit about the iron ore price. And if, like me, you regularly pay attention to current news and market reviews, then it would be impossible for you to have missed what's been happening with commodity prices and particularly with the iron ore price and oil prices which are currently in a major slump. This is something that affects everyone in Australia and most definitely has had a major impact on the economy. The Australian government have indicated that the falling iron ore price will cost us around $9 billion in revenue over the next couple of years. If you're a trader or an investor, then you really want to keep a finger on the iron ore pulse and be ready for opportunities that will present in future, as following major declines or periods of distribution will come periods of accumulation. That's when the buyers come back in to buy when the prices are low, when most people are still not ready to buy. Now, that doesn't mean buying when the prices are still falling. It means buying when there is some indication or a strong indication that the price may be turning. And technical analysis can tell you that. You can't get that from fundamentals. Now, allow me to share with you my thoughts on the iron ore price. In this podcast, I will give you a recap on what's occurred over the past few years, what may lay ahead, and I'll also explain how the big miners are faring. I will endeavour to bring you my report on the oil price in a later podcast. Firstly, this may be the lucky country, the land of sweeping plains with sun-drenched beaches and rugged mountain ranges, the land of opportunity. Now, it's true that anyone with the desire can learn to get ahead financially. However, it's no secret that Australia's financial prosperity is heavily linked to major commodities and this will continue to be the case for decades to come. What this means to traders and investors is that our market, or at least certain areas of it, will follow the boom-bust cycle. Some say that a commodity's bust or a slump can last for around five to seven years. So if you're able to study the commodity cycles, this could give you a significant advantage in your trading or investing in future. Now, we know that economic cycles and cycles in the share market can vary from one cycle to the next. However, it's possible to observe a pattern over history and see how cycles repeat. The study of cycles is actually um, very specialised and it takes a few years to grasp the basics of how this works if you're interested in pursuing it. This is because you need to see how it works on different stocks and markets and commodities to get a really good grasp of the theory and put it into practice. While a previous bust may have occurred over a particular time frame, as mentioned, future cycles can be slightly shorter or longer than what history has shown. So that's why you need to know how the theory works and what considerations to make to be able to apply this well in future. Let's assume that if the start of the contraction began with the GFC based on the theory and what has occurred in the past, the end of the commodity cycle would actually be long overdue right now. However, if we look specifically at the iron ore price, which peaked in 2011, and then count forward to around 2016, this would be a period or the earliest possible time for when the low is likely to occur based on that timing. Again, this is not a precise measure, 
because that's not what cycles are all about, as the cycle would finish as a percentage of its length before or after the projected time frame. So if you can imagine counting five years forward from 2011 and then seven years forward from 2011, there will be a period of time in there at which the cycle low will occur. Now there are certain signals that a stock or market will make that will give you a really good indication about whether where the high or low is likely to come in. Cycles was actually one of the first areas that I studied when I came into the market and I discussed this theory recently with one of the students studying the CFD course. We got into a lot of depth about cycles and how they work, how to use them in trading the market and I think that she was actually quite relieved that there is this allowance for a cycle low because it meant that she could determine where a low was likely to come in plus or minus a certain period of time. And this gave her a little bit of flexibility in terms of working out where the stock might turn into uh, as a, almost like a warning to look for a particular pattern or um, reversal or even for the stock to trade above a trend line in that particular period. And that would give her a solid basis and increase her probability of a winning opportunity. Now, let's get back to the discussion on commodities for a minute. When commodities fall, it's not all bad news. You might be wanting to short the market, in which case you would be looking for particular entry triggers, and cycles can help you in that. Um, In that if you know that there's a low coming in and you see this exit trigger, then there's a much greater probability that you would be able to get a a nice short trade in there in that orb period as the stock falls into the low. Often other areas of the market hold up well when, when there's a slump, say with the iron ore price and some of the commodities at the moment. We've seen other areas of the market like telecommunications, property, healthcare and financials. We've seen all of those hold up reasonably well. Therefore, the impact of the resources sector slump is not as dramatic as what you would see when the whole market's in decline, like what occurred in the GFC. Some of these other sectors have also assisted in reducing the volatility on the market, so it's dampened out the actual movements that we've seen on a month-to-month basis. So we've had falling materials and, and energy stocks that have rapidly declined, and yet our market has been quite solid in terms of trying to test a low and and not falling away with them to the same sort of degree. Now Dale often talks about how some stocks rise while some fall and others move sideways. This thinking can be applied to the sectors in our market as well. Remember that when you learn how to read the charts, you don't have to take my word for it, you can determine this for yourself. And that's the beauty of being able to analyse stocks. Seeing is believing. And one further point is that um, I'd like to make about the sectors is how Watching them, as well as the stocks, can give you a bird's eye view as to what's about to unfold. If the whole sector starts to move in a particular direction, it's more likely for all the stocks within that sector to move. And some of the bigger or more dominant stocks um, may have a weighting on that sector, so you really need to be aware of that. Say, for instance, in the telco sector, you've got Telstra being really strong and and its market capitalisation is so huge that it has a serious impact on what's happening with the sector price. When you learn how to analyse a stock or sector, this analysis can also apply to the overall market. If something has a price history, that means you can analyse it. We've all seen the boom time and the financial bust that followed with the GFC. However, only a few of us will remember the last commodity slump. Given what has unfolded with the recent commodity slump and the impact on the iron ore price, all of us will remember the current correction. 
and with the right knowledge, you can use it to profit when conditions change. After a major slump, we're likely to see a lot of great opportunities to profit, stocks crossing trend lines, nice Dow theory entries. So if you've been busy studying the market, you'll be ready for these. Or maybe you're creating the space in your life right now to learn how to invest so that you can do this at some point in the future. And I think this is the right time to be learning when when stocks are falling away and when there's a bit of uncertainty in the market. At some point down the track, it will be a really good time to trade. If you haven't even thought about learning, make one of your New Year's resolutions for 2015 to learn to trade the share market. Now to the iron ore price. The all-time high for iron ore was around $187 a tonne in around February 2011. Gee, what a big difference now if we're looking at the current price. Note, though, that the price went on an incredibly bumpy ride as it fell away. It fell through to around September 2012, by which time it had almost halved in price. It was trading at about $99 at the time. It then turned back up until February 2013 to around $154 a tonne. Now, when this sort of thing happens, often people think that the stocks or market has turned up and they're trying to jump back in. But because of the way that these patterns unfold, it's almost like a zigzag down. You you get a a recovery, but the recovery ends up being short-lived and the stock or market gets sold off. And some of the people who are uneducated and not aware of this, they end up losing out. So using this first move, it was possible to then put some price projections on the iron ore price to determine where it was likely to find support in future. Now, if you can visualise it, like I was saying before, an ABC pattern or, or the decline that occurs is, is like a zigzag and it moves down to the right from the high. So during most declines, there'll be a period of time after the initial fall from the high when the price corrects in this way. The sharp rise follows and then another fall. The historical price chart of iron ore shows how this occurs. Now, often, depending on how far the recovery is back up, now remember I said that in February 2013 it moved back up to $154 a tonne, this can give you some points to do a projection on the downside to determine how far it's likely to fall. After rising back up to around $154 a tonne, iron ore fell away and recently traded down to around $68 a tonne. Therefore, the fall from $154 to the lowest price was more than half the value of the $154 high, a decline of around 62% from $187 in 2011. Some of the big players, BHP, Rio, FMG, have been significantly impacted, of course, by the falling iron ore price. My previous analysis on the iron ore price has shown how it was possible for iron ore to find support at around $87 or $88, which it did temporarily. However, the decline accelerated at a much quicker rate than I expected later in the year. Iron ore continued to fall to the lower level that I had marked on the chart at around $72, $73 a tonne. At the time, I considered this to be a worst case scenario in that if price continued to fall, it was likely to close or stop at this level. Now, sometimes when a a share price comes down to a known level of support, it will dip through and then return back up or try and trade sideways around that level to get support before a rise. Although iron ore may find support at just below $68 and turn back up, it's very important that we always consider both the potential upside and the downside when we do our analysis. 
There's a strong level on the chart at around $67 a tonne. Therefore, we could soon see iron ore settle at around this level, as I said, in 2015. My current worst case scenario for iron ore is around $47 a tonne, which represents a further fall of around 30%. Now, if the price closed strongly back below $67 at the end of any week, it's possible for the price to continue towards this level. And I don't have to tell you that this would cause a lot of pain for our miners. Given how far iron ore has already fallen, we have to consider that this is a possibility. So don't rule it out. But the positive here is that given the extent of the decline, what the analysis shows is that most of the current fall is already behind us. Something to bear in mind though, because there is often a lot of emotion behind the selling, we often see prices dip through these levels, as I said, and reverse strongly to recover. Now let's take a brief look at the big miners. BHP Billiton. For those who have access to trading support or trading essentials, you will have had the opportunity to see more of our analysis on the big miners in our weekly reports. In brief, BHP has fallen through a very important support level at around $31 and a previous major low in 2012. What does all this mean? Well, it shows that the probability has shifted to a further potential fall for BHP. Now, we need to look below the current price action to see where the potential support levels are. And we can see around $28, uh, which is where it stopped falling for now. Therefore, this is why we, we're seeing this short-term rebound at the moment. However, after the move up unfolds, it will be a few weeks before we know whether the stock's going to continue to fall or not. So we've seen people who are shorting the, the, the stock unwinding their positions to go to, to safety. We've also seen short-term profit takers come in and try and pick the low. So that caused a rise in the share price. Now there's a move overhead, the really strong resistance level, because this was a prior support level at $31 that was actually holding the share price from falling away. And when BHP fell through that, that was a big sign that it was likely to continue to fall. Now that level is actually going to be like a glass ceiling for BHP and it will attempt to break through that. However, um, it, it, given how strong that level is, it may struggle to do so. Now let's move on to Rio Tinto. Rio has unfolded quite differently to BHP and is still trading above a major level of support that formed in 2012. The main reason BHP continued lower over recent weeks was because it not only had to contend with a falling iron ore price, as you know, the oil price was also falling. Now, currently, Rio is at a potential level of support and therefore we need to give it time to test this level. So the share price is actually going to try to push up higher break through this level and it must rise strongly and hold above $60 over the coming months to prevent a further fall. It could still however fall to into 2015 towards that um, 2012 low at around $48.50 and this could occur between April through to around July 2015. So if this lower level is broken the next level below is around $41. So keep a close eye on these levels on your chart of Rio. My current analysis indicates that there's three possible times for a turn in price for the big iron ore miners. However, this doesn't mean these periods will necessarily create a peak in price. They may signal a bottom. The month of December is one of those dates. Therefore, we may see a short-term recovery because all of these stocks have made a low in around that period of time. 
We may also see May 2015 as being the time for the turn and around December 2015. Therefore, also have these periods marked on your charts. If you've been studying the advanced diploma, you'll learn how to determine possible times for major turns when you get to module 10. I know it's a bit of a wait to get there. However, you're gonna learn so many great things along the way that this is just going to add another layer on top for you. This study that you're gonna do in module 10 is really invaluable knowledge to have. It adds a whole new dimension to your analysis because remember, Gann said that you need price, pattern, and time. Before considering buying into this area of the share market in these commodities, we need to see some solid buying followed by some strong entry rules being triggered, and this may not occur for some time. I hope you've enjoyed my discussion today. I look forward to talking to you again soon when I come back to talk to you about the oil price. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. For more information, products and services, and detailed show notes with a transcript for this podcast, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the News and Media tab in the navigation.